This is the Wow Show, and I'm your host, China Myers. Cause you take good care of me. Heather Felt Albert is a proud mother of four and a one-time grandmother. She worked in the geriatric department specializing in early onset to late stage dementia and was trained by Dr. Cameron Camp. She later was trained, ran, programmed, and assisted into Montessori-based dementia unit. Heather went to school for cosmetology, owning her own business. She is a community outreach assistant pastor, and she started an area community radio show. Heather positions her life centered around keeping connected with family and community. There was a time in Heather's life where she did not understand her purpose, but God's healing, closure, peace, joy, family brought her clarity. Heather knows that because of her grandmother's teaching about God, has brought her to the balanced place in her life today. Now she suffers no more. God is so good. And whoever doesn't know that, I'm telling you, God is good. He works it out. He makes it happen. He does all what has to be done. And this woman is living proof of that. Thank you, Heather, for being here. You know, China, I am so honored for this opportunity. And I am thankful to God for his connection of even how this is happening. I just want you to know this is actually, I'm entitling this in my life, uh, my coming out, the next chapter, because this is actually the first time that I am actually coming out with, you know, a lot of deep details of, of my life. And I'm very comfortable with doing with you. So I thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to. God just puts me with, you know, people at the right time and the right place. And it is such a funny story that we have to tell how we met (laughs) in Walmart. (laughs) She was telling me about $2 pair of pajamas. (laughs) And I was like, what? (laughs) I ran over there. It was like crack or something. I ran over there and I grabbed it. Like, oh man, I even went back. I went back for some more. $2 mm-hmm. pair of pajamas. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's how we met. She was telling me about a sale uh, that she had noticed and she told me about it and, and that's how we met. And I thought to myself, what a wonderful woman. You know, I, I really thought that when I first met you. And I said to myself, this woman has been through some stuff. I could tell that you had been through some stuff. And I could tell that God helped you through it. I, I don't know. And then you said to me, let's pray. I mean, so that just confirmed what I was thinking. Tell me where you grew up and, and tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I, I was actually born in Augusta, Georgia on the um, Fort Gordon Army Base. I was uh, at that time an Army brat. Um, and I then moved here. I moved to New Jersey uh, to be under the uh, guardianship of my grandmother. There How old had, were you then? I was five years old. Okay. I was five years old. There had been an incident that I had to be removed and placed with my grandmother. I have a brother who is two years older than I. So it, it, when I start out my story, it always comes to just the two of us because it has always been uh, the two of us. Uh, so I, I was relocated to New Jersey, North New Jersey, to a family house. And I know a lot of people are interested, don't uh, know about what we used to call family houses. And it was that my great grandparents lived on the second floor, and my grandmother and her children that were at home lived on the first floor. Multi dwelling. And Yes, yes, but all family. Right. And so it was beautiful uh, in the fact that I had my great-grandparents and I had my grandmother and then uh, was being raised with my aunt and uncles and uh, little cousins. So as the generations started to come in, we all were raised together Um and that was the place that everyone, if they did go away, move away, they always had that safe haven to come back to. Um, that was something that my great grandmother uh, made sure of to make that happen, that everyone lived right there and that there was a safety place to come back home to. Funny you said that because I guess that might have been um, an African-American thing because we have the same house in Brooklyn, New York. If you get homeless or you need a place, you can always go there. It's in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. So I, I get what you're saying. Like you said, a lot of people might not know that about us black people. But yeah, we we set up something where if you need a place to go and you're destitute or whatever happens, you always got a place to go. So yeah, I get that. That's one of the uh, reasons why I always say that my great grandmother held her position as the matriarch. Not only did she provide that uh, safety uh, haven for us to come back to, but prayer. <laughs> that's all I, you know, um, when we talk about her, even, you know, that's all that um, any of us would uh, 
we all talk about. Uh, not only did we know that she was a praying woman, but everyone who lived around knew that she was a praying woman. My grandmother had a praying spot, which was the front den. And if you were coming down the street, you would hear her calling out to the Lord, speaking wow. in tongues. I mean, it was, she just, that passion of a cry that she had for Christ, that even hearing, not knowing what was going on or what was going to go on, but just hearing that, that cry for the Lord, we knew that everything was going to be okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that enabled us, uh, a lot of us as the gener uh, other generations, to kind of just do what we wanted to do because we believed in her prayers yeah. uh, so much that you we felt said, safe. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Most so definitely. would you say that's about the time that you started believing in God when you moved there? No, actually, no, China, um, because I knew there was a God at that point. Hmm. My uh, grandmother, you know, let us know the works of, of being a servant of God and um, all that she did. But I did not realize just how deep it, it really was. Um, right. Like I said, I knew that there was a such thing as prayer. I knew there had to be a God from watching her. But it wasn't it wasn't till later on in life that I realized what the intimate relationship was. So and you that, believed in God, but you didn't know what that was all about. Is exactly, that what I'm saying? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I pretty much up until a teenager just went through uh, what others would say, the routine, the actions. But of course the actions had no power because I was not using the authority that God gave me because I did not realize that there was another part to it. Tell me why you had to go to your grandmother's house. Would that uh, be too hard for you? There was a situation between my mother and my father that it was uh, it wasn't deemed safe for us to be there. Okay. So because of that, my grandmother had to come and get us. Okay, so she took you out. There, there was some violence. You're saying? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank God for your grandmother. I'll tell you. Oh. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah. even, you know, in that my uh, mother, um, uh, another strong woman, mm -hmm. uh, she was uh, 13 when she had my brother and yeah. she was only uh, 15 when she had me. Yeah. And was married at 16. But that wasn't that wasn't abnormal back then. Right. That was kind of of the usual. I do. Um, I, I wouldn't say. Uh, so much because she was such a, she stood out so much. So maybe it was normal to others, but in our family, it, it, it really, wasn't. Mm -mm. and it's always been looked at even now as you know, we speak about it, that it was so unnormal that she's so amazing that her strength to be able to endure that. Raising, you know, two children and being married to someone who was in the military. And we know at 13 and 15 years old, your maturity is not there. So I can only imagine how much she had to grow in yeah. that time and how much she missed out on. Yeah, yeah. She actually missed out on her childhood. I can relate to that. Yes, yes. Yeah. And we, we're now finding out that 
when you watch children and uh, depending on the life that they had, when there's things missing that we tend to go look for it as adults, which is, you know, that that trial and error stage pretty much um, we say is over once you become adult, you know, the legal age. Yes. So, okay, so you moved to Jersey and then how long did you stay there? We were uh, with my grandmother and uh, we were, I'm going to call it the generational house. Uh, We were there until I was in uh, second grade and my mother had uh, then relocated to New Jersey. And in second grade, um, my mother came to tell us that uh, she was going to be uh, coming to pick us up and we were going to live with her. Oh, uh, that my, must have been an amazing feeling, oh, right? It was so amazing that my brother and I, we actually had a calendar <laughs> that we were marking down the days. Wow. And boy, was it, I mean, we were so excited, you know, um, that my mother had was on such a great track and she was doing good. And it was, it was amazing. The day came. And my mom kept her word and she did just as she said she would. And I can remember us, we had actually supermarket bags with our things in it. And my mother and her friend that she was with actually pulled down the street. And my mother's uh, friend looked at her and said, nodded her head like it. We were looking like, well, are they going to put us out right here? Like, we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And they took our bags and threw it in the garbage. And we were like, look at my brother and I looking like, what's going on? on?" And my mother said, we're going to buy you all new things. Wow. Okay. We were looking at it just like, this is, this is like, no, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, yeah, we couldn't believe it. And sure enough, and, you know, we look at different things now and uh, peer pressure. I can actually understand why uh, so many children uh, go through. Mm-hmm. I can understand the uniform uh, reform that they now have for students mm-hmm. and went to Sears and Roebuck. Mm-hmm. I know we call it Sears now, but we remember when it was Sears, Sears and Roback. Yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> and we went shopping and uh, even in that shopping, my mother bought us two pairs of sneakers and we couldn't believe it. It was, it was like we were in a dream and we were hoping it didn't end and we were like two pairs of sneakers. <laughs> but <laughs> not only was it two pairs of sneakers, but... They were both Nikes. <laughs> wow. So they were name brand. Yes. And, uh, you know, we were, there was a, uh, anyone who is from uh, uh, Newark would know about a store called Valley Fair. Oh, yeah. Shopping there. We didn't know anything about, you know, the mall and, and Nike sneakers. Yeah. So that was the beginning of our life. Um uh, the structure of having our own room, uh, things that were weren't put into place of chores, responsibilities, and it was told a totally 
new life. It was so yeah. different than what we had been used to. So that's when our life, like we were, it, it's like, oh, we're now living, yeah. you know, um, at that point, uh, living with our grandmother, um, it was always love. Let me say that it was always love. Grandmother was raising her children as well as my aunt was raising her children. You know, it was a lot. It was a lot in one household. And of course, that, you know, it was a lot of uh, shorts as well, you yeah. know. It was just enough to make. I understand it. because you know nobody's going to treat you like your mama. I mean, you know, especially when you have a lot of other you know children around. So yeah, I get that. Amen. So not nothing, it, nothing to put them down, right? It's no, just, no, no. I just wanted to make sure I said that. You know, um, that no, but it was now we were living. Yeah. Uh, of course, my mother and her friend, you know, each had cars and we were like, oh my, you know, so it was, it was that we were living. It was yeah. living. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. So how long were you there? Uh, we were with our uh, mom up until my brother actually uh, left for college, which when I was 14, and my brother was 16, we actually had to move back into the family house. Okay. Uh, when we moved back into the family house, it was uh, just a little bit of time after my great-grandmother passing. My grandfather, my great-grandfather continued where he left the house open. So we moved back into um, the generational house. Now, and you say your brother went to college, so it was just you and your mom who moved back? No, my brother, actually, he was there for another two years before he then left and went to college. Okay, so then he was 18. Okay. Yeah, so then what happened? When we moved back in the generational house, a couple of months later, which I did not make my mother aware or anyone else, I was actually pregnant. Oh, so wow. I was only uh, 15 years old, okay. uh, 14 going on uh, 15. Okay. How did that happen? Uh, it happened in between uh, my mother and my brother. Uh, my brother was working uh, and my mother was once again, um, back out trying to find herself we all like i said we lived with her and those were the times and there was a breakup between uh my mother and her friend yeah and that, that hurt i i got a question for you hold that thought your mother seems like the term is called and it's latin sweet genuous that means one of a kind person. Do you think she was looking for a father for you guys? I think she was actually looking for someone to fill for a male figure. Say, um, but I, I wouldn't say it had to be a male figure. I would say she was looking for someone to love not only her, but us her as children. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I get that. She yeah. was looking for that unconditional uh, love 
And just that place of knowing that uh, someone loves you and unconditionally as well. Mm-hmm. And and she wasn't one that was just looking for it for herself, but she actually right. was looking for it for all of us, um, that family, you know. Sweet, um, generous. It's, yeah. it's a Latin term and it means one of a kind. She is, she sounds like an incredible person. She really oh does because she, she sacrificed for you guys, you know. Most yeah. definitely. And that more than we ever imagined did she sacrifice for us. More than we can, uh, we would ever know, um, even after what we know now, she sacrificed and always fought for us. Always yeah. fought for us. Yes. Yeah. So you got pregnant and was it a guy that you met or what happened? Oh, it was love. love. <laughs> okay. Over my life. Um, now when we look at it, I was doing the same thing that my mother had been doing. Just Vicious searching cycle. and who accepted me for who I was, uh, who I was to be and no judgment, no judgment, just say, yeah. 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 So you found him. And what happened with that? You had a baby, right? I had a baby. And I have to say, my uh, daughter is now 34 years old. And he is still the same person that he was uh, (laughs) back 34 years ago. Wow. Still active in in our lives and and everything. So he still remained the same. That's great. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. That usually is not always the case, right? Yeah. I, I'll tell you, God is good. Yeah. <laughs> In any situation, God is good. Yeah, yeah. Especially when the good outweighs the bad, you know? Yes. When did you start working in geriatric uh, care? When did you start doing that? Once I teared up Pennsylvania, I started working in uh, geriatrics. And uh, while I was in New Jersey, one thing my mother made me was that I was going to complete high school and I was going to go to college. And so I did. I attempted China. I finished high school and I started college. And my grandmother would always say, if you go into the healthcare business, you'll always have a job. Yeah, she's right. And she she worked. Uh, for the VA hospital. And so I said, okay, well, I'm going to go for nursing. You know, I'm going to try nursing. And I tried going to school for pre-nursing. It it wasn't for me. And so I said, well, I can't just say I'm going to, you know, uh, come out and not do anything. So, of course, I stopped going to school. They didn't know. I was in college. I, You know, it was me exercising my rights now as an adult to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and I moved here to Pennsylvania, and then I went for my CNA license uh, in order to uh, not let anyone down, but to say I needed a break, but I do need a job. Yeah. So I started out with my uh, training for a CNA, and I loved it. But I, it, it was just, I loved being um, one-on-one with our residents. Yeah. I love Listen, you, me and you, our lives kind of mirror because I, I was a CNA as well. 
Okay. okay. So it is a very rewarding job, I know. Yeah. Yes. But as I was there, it was like, I belong here, but I don't know. This is not my positioning. And I started to look at nurses again. I said, that's not my positioning either. You know, and I started watching the therapeutic rec department. Mm. And I said, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be, you know. And so I finished out uh, and did receive my certification. But it, it wasn't as rewarding as I thought it would be. And so I then started to look into therapeutic rec. In which uh, I was able, after about a year and a half, uh, I was able to um, move into a position at another facility, um, being assistant director of a a dementia unit. Okay. And boy, I don't know how. People always ask me, how? How, Heather? But I loved it. (laughs) I loved it. I enjoyed it. And at that time I was married and my uh, ex-husband, he then went for his CNA and he became a CNA as well. Oh, wow. And I was on the third floor and he worked on the first floor. Um, we worked yeah. different shifts uh, mm-hmm. in order to accommodate the children. Yeah. And uh, boy, it was such a thrill. Even though I wasn't sure if the resident that loved me an hour ago was going to continue to love me that next hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, going to Their personalities change. 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 <laughs> yeah. And uh, they can be very violent, too. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> I'm talking. Yes. You they know, can be very violent. You talk about being scared of a, a, a person when you were in school if they wanted to fight you. Yeah. It, it was something totally, oh, you would yeah. never expect their strength, oh. their strength. They may Unbelievable. look, but let me tell you something. They pack a punch. <laughs> I, listen, I know one picked me up and threw me across. I was like a rag doll. I was a little black rag doll. <laughs> he picked me up and he threw me across the so I know they can be violent and they can be very, and I didn't work in that department all the time. The one time they said, oh, China, we need you to fill in over there. I was, and I was scared because I knew like some of them could be violent. Right. And this particular guy, I'll never forget him. Um, he must've been about, without exaggeration, probably about six, five Mm-hmm. He was humongous. And when his daughter brought him in, she was crying. And I'm thinking, why is this woman crying? Like, what's going on? So she brought him in, and she's crying. And she looked like she, her hair was all over her head, and her, her jacket was all messed up. And she was crying, and she checked her dad in, and she got him in his room. She got him settled. And I said, you know, why are you crying? What's wrong? And she goes, I promised my dad, you know, that I wouldn't do this, but I I couldn't take care of him anymore. So she was very upset that she basically broke her promise. And she took her sunglasses off. He had punched her in the eye and he was beating her up something terrible. So I guess she was taking it as long as she could take it. But I'm sorry, I'm digressing. But I know what you're talking about. How did you do that? Imagine me being only five foot tall and 
you know, I'm looking up to, you know, and it was always the men that were tall. That's the, that's the yeah. funny. It was always the men that were these big, tall men. Big men. Yeah. And I'm, I'm here in a, you know, here in Pennsylvania, there, most of uh, the generation that I took care of were the original Pennsylvania Dutch. Yeah. Yeah. In the area that I was in. And so these were guys that were used to, you know, doing a farm. Lots of milk. I'm, I'm, you know, so <laughs> you can only imagine, yeah. but it was something in me. That I I truly I just enjoyed it. I didn't it didn't matter that I knew that there were gonna there may be uh where you know that was that time that they weren't going to uh accept me or even remember me, which made me cherish the times where they say, Come here, honey, you know, and and uh, hug me and everything and or remember your name. Oh, for that yeah. moment. Yeah. yeah, yes. I can remember <laughs> I had one woman. She was from the South. That she has such a deep uh, Southern accent. And she called me Oprah. And she was like, <laughs> Oprah, Oprah. <laughs> and her family knew me as Oprah. <laughs> and we would laugh about it. She said, and she would even call me when I wasn't there. Yeah. She, why one Oprah, you know, to the <laughs> yeah. and so my company says she called for you all night long. So she's going to be tired today. Yeah. And it was all in my approach with her. I never had an issue with her. I yeah. never had an issue with her, but, um, it was, it was my heart. My heart was with them. I had well, the she's passion, seen that. She's seen the that. love for it. And, and I'll tell you, even today, not being in the field anymore, um, because I did do 18 years in that field, uh, amazing work I've, I've done. And um, I thank God that yeah. I do still miss it. Yeah. I yeah. Knew, you know, I'm blessed that I knew um, my grandparents on both sides. Oh, you, you are so blessed with that. Yes, I'm blessed that, you know, I can say I've uh, met and been around uh, grandparents from both sides. And I mean, great-grandparents. Yes, from both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm actually blessed to say how many grandparents that I've had. Yeah, um, right. In that field. My residents. Yeah. Oh my goodness, those were yes, they were yeah. they were my grandpas and grandmas and yeah. mamas and I know, know exactly what you're saying. Yes, and it was I can't remember, but I even had a uh German uh grand, set of grandparents and I can't re oh, oh Oma, Oma, Opa, Opa and Oma. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, like, you know, <laughs> the different names of um, yeah. the different languages. And yeah. it was, it was wonderful. It was a joy. Um, and my thing was dementia. Yeah. And so many doors opened up for me that um, I actually was, I've moved in all the positions uh, from just being in a dementia unit to then uh, being a director um, and a, what we call a CC, 
continue CCRC, which is a continuing community retirement community, continuing yes. care retirement community. And okay. what that means is I was able uh, to do uh, programming for independent and assistant residents who lived in an apartment uh, to the health center to actually uh, combining programs with the adult day program. Very so rewarding, huh? To catch every level of care that there was. Hello, everyone. Before we get back to the Inspirational Wow Show, I want to take a moment and talk about China Myers' best-selling, gripping, heartfelt book titled A Letter to God. You can find this true life story on Amazon. Now, back to the Wow Show. My biggest moment was to help create a dementia unit. Mm -hmm. And with that, I was able to learn under a guy named Dr. Cameron Camp. He's out of Ohio. Okay. And he came up with the Montessori programming. Mm -hmm. And one thing, if I don't remember anything else, what he taught us was first in is last out. Yeah. So whatever our residents who were experiencing dementia, whatever they learned first would be the last thing that they would remember. Wow. So. Uh, that taught me to tap in to where they were in their life, right. the histories that they lived uh, from their from the information from their relatives helped so much to let us know how to provide programming for yeah. each resident. We did not one thing about my program, and I'm proud to say, uh, the nine years uh, that I was at the uh, CCRC. Yeah. I never received a state deficiency. Oh, wow. That's mm -hmm. a good thing. If you know anything that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, fines, state deficiencies or fines that your facility has to pay daily on it until yeah. it is fixed. You right. can write it up that it's fixed, but they have to come back in. Reinspect. Program most definitely. Yeah. So, so tell me, what when did you realize you believed in God? Oh, through all of this in all reality, but the moments that I really knew uh, were the moments of me uh, experiencing hardships in my life, whether it be uh, loneliness, depression, those were the moments that I began to know God for myself and uh, continue to start to build that relationship that there, there is a God. Yeah. You got to know God when you started going through. Tell me some of your trials and tribulations that you went through that God helped you with. China. <laughs> wow. Here we go. Here we go. Um, first, with being a teenage mom. That was truly a challenge, believing that I was good enough because of what I had did. And at that point, I actually left the church. Um, I felt that there was more hurt coming from the church of uh, judgment and just being talked about. And China, as I look at it today, I can't even tell you that that was true. I can't even tell you that was true because I. 
I never really heard it, but when you're in a state where you're embarrassed, you can you can paint all things in your head. Oh yeah. Um, but of course I did. And that was a trick of, of the devil as well. Oh, I was just getting ready to say that. He is so shrewd. And he like like you said, that probably wasn't even true, but you felt it. And, and he made you believe it. That's the thing. And as you grow in your walk with God, you, you get to notice that what he's trying to do isn't real. And you could just rebuke him. And, you know, I was just telling somebody the other day, this, this is, I'm just going to tell you this short story. I trying to sell a property. So the property had to get inspected. Now the property got inspected and it was fine. And the inspection goes till December. So the realtor said to me, we need that clarification and, 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 you know, certificate that you were inspected and you passed before the property sells. So I said, okay. Um, so I called, um, the, the, um, barrel hall and they said, you know, it's, um, it was definitely taken care of and, you know, you're definitely in the clear. The realtor called, they told her it, it expired in March. I'm not kidding you. This is the devil. Now I'm telling you how strong he is. So I called him back and I said, you know, when is this, you know, expired? Because you just told the realtor that expires in March. Well, no, you're good. Uh, it, it expires in December and you're good. Just tell her to call. This went back and forth five times. Finally, what I did was because, okay, I'm realizing that the devil is trying to, you know, mm -hmm. inhibit this because without this paperwork, nothing can go forward. Amen. So what I did was I got on the phone and I called them and I had the realtor on the phone with me as well. So I had them both on the phone. I got the woman's name. She clarified that it's not, it's fine until December 1st and, you know, it went through. So sometimes you have to ignore she because the, the realtor was like, wow, you know, what was that all about? Because every time she called, they told her, no, it, it, it had expired. So I told her. You have to ignore the devil because he will try to put a wrench in everything, especially good things. Now, you are a mother. OK, yeah, you you had a baby young. But you were doing what you needed to do for your family, you know, and you wanted to go to church. So what he did was he got you to stop going to church. Man, he sure enough did. So then what happened? But thanks to God of who he is, he still covered me. But okay. I'm going to tell you, I, I was hell. When I left the church, boy, did I rebel. We were raised in the PAW, Pentecostal Assemblies of the World. Okay. And there were different things that you just didn't do. Um, you didn't get your ears pierced, you know. When I left, I went and got three holes. And one at the top, <laughs> you know, um, tattoos. I went and got tattoos. I was truly, um, I was truly rebelling. Right. I right. was so caught up in rebelling that I didn't even think about Christ during that time. I really didn't. Wow. Um, and I was just, I was truly out of control. I started to date, uh, of course, um, 
a drug dealer. Okay. That took my life in a whole nother uh, direction. Um, could, could you tell me what happened with your children's father? What happened with that? Uh, he was he was still around, but we were, uh, we, you know, it was just a thing of drifting. Uh, yes, yeah. He was in one city, I was in another city, and my grandfather had forbid us to see each other after uh, my daughter was born. Okay. And because I lived in my grandfather's house, you know, I couldn't jeopardize uh, seeing him. So we just, we, you know, it was just, just simple things of, you know, how is, you know, how is my daughter and she's good. And, you know, he lived his life and I lived mine and we were so young, you know, yeah. That yeah. it was just like, okay, you know, you just try to pick up what pieces and you move on when you're young. And it was, I'll tell you, I ended up having to leave North to go to Wisconsin to get away. So you from... met a drug dealer before you left? Yes. And yes. what was that all about? What happened oh, there? That was, that was a fast life. And I thought that I could handle it. And um, I could not handle it. I mean, there was uh, that, it was the whole life. It was that whole life that people watch on TV and think that, oh, it's so good. There are so many uh, things that happen when you're in that life that television does not portray. Yeah. You know, you see all of the flashiness and I was caught up in it. Um, uh, you know, as a young person, I thought, you know, being picked up in all these different Cadillacs was the thing. And, you know, uh, going on these little shopping sprees, that was no, mm -mm. there is more to it. And, uh, but I thought it was, you know, I thought it was love. I thought that, you know, this was going to be um, something that would provide all my means yeah. of uh, things that were needed. And it was nothing like it. It was actually the opposite. It was yeah. actually me uh, having to turn him in and uh, being at police stations and me uh, being taken to locations because I'm telling I'm being a snitch. And yeah. as I was in the backseat of the cop car, they actually pulled down the dark window, showed my face. I had to get out of town. Wow. Which was not a life for my daughter. That was yeah. not a life for uh, at that time. She was like three years old and I, I had to get out of actually no. at that time. She was five. And I had to get out of town. And so I ended up in uh, Wisconsin, thought everything was good, thought I was safe uh, until I received a call from my mother, uh, whereas the district attorney of Newark was looking to arrest her if they couldn't get in touch with me. Wow. And once again, there was my mother who said, no, Heather, you tell me what you want to do. Uh, I will let them arrest me, but I will not give up your location. Wow. And I had to tell my mother, Ma, mm -mm, no, I can't have you do this for me. I will speak to the DA. Yeah. And with that, I had to let them know my location by me speaking to them, calling in. Wow. Um, and I, it was, they weren't trying to help me. They were trying to help themselves. 
Right. Because uh, the guy that I de I decided to deal with, of course, wasn't a small, uh, small time guy. And uh, he had a rap sheet, as the DA said, as long as his arm was. Wow. And, and they wanted, they needed me in order to finally put him away for good. Okay. And I made the decision that I was not, mm -mm, no, uh, I was not going to do it. They offered me uh, police protection. And I said, I, can, I can't, I can't live like that. I can't put my daughters through that. And so I chose uh, not to. Good for you. And it was, I didn't realize it was a setup um, because it wasn't until I decided to, that everything was cleared. I figured, you know, by me not turning it in, oh, I can go back uh, to Jersey. Yeah. I went back to Jersey at night. The next day, they let him out and let him know. <laughs> I was back. <laughs> oh my goodness. And um, I tell you, my life, I should have been, I, I could be at this point not here. Yeah. Uh, because, of course, the first stop he made was to me. Wow. And made me aware that he could kill me right then and there and they would never find my body. Oh my goodness. And in a strength, I can remember looking him in his eyes and saying, is that a threat or a promise? And I don't know where the guts came from. I don't know. I really don't. And I do know at this time, at that time, I didn't know, but I do know it had to be all God. Had to be all God. Yeah. It had to be all God. And from that, he decided, you know what? I'm going to let you go. You don't bother me. I won't bother you. Yeah. Um, was able to be cleared uh, uh, from that. Uh, so that was another strike against me um, because I knew there was more in me. So now it was just like, Heather, you know, um, you, you've done the ultimate twice now. What more? Um, how low? How low can you go? How low can you go? Yeah. And um, then I realized it was time for me to get myself together. It was time for me to make other decisions. It was time for me to then start to grow. Um, and uh, that's- Was that's, God still lacking in your life then? I, I thanked him. I thanked him. And it wasn't, it wasn't even then that I said, um, I gave him all that I knew that I needed to. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, once again, I was uh, living off of the prayers of my great-grandmother. Yeah, Once again, yeah. I uh, was living. It actually wasn't till <clears throat> later on in life that uh, maybe a couple of years later that I said enough is enough. Yeah. And I actually went to the Lord and I said, um, and the reason was, uh, was that my mother, who we had went from, you know, uh, in and out of relationship, good relationships uh, because yeah. of her addictions, that we finally, she was clean, doing well on top of the world, and I was in a good position, and we had at least three good years of that, that her and I, and then she passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry. When was that? 
that was when once I that was in 1998 that she passed away, and uh, it was just uh devastating. Yes, and I'm and and it wasn't even no. I'm giving you the wrong year. It was 14 years ago. It was 14 years ago that she actually passed away. And I I just was lost. I was lost. Yeah. Because finally I found my place. Yeah. Finally I was living. Not only had I been living, but she passed away right after I had went through a divorce. So I was facing the divorce. trials. Yeah, and then she passed away. Wow! And, and I, I can remember it was okay. actually um, two thousand and nine. Um, okay, if I'm doing my, uh, I believe uh, yeah, that right, yeah. passed away, and we were like I said, <laughs> uh, I would go every other Wednesday from PA to New York, and we would spend a day together. <laughs> we would go and watch corny movies like G.I. Jane and what a blessing, have, huh? <laughs> yeah, have cheap steaks at these little cheap places in New York and things like that. Uh, go to a museum, uh, go to a play. We did so many, you know, on those Wednesdays. So she helped me through my uh, divorce and then she passed. And it was then that even me being me, I said, Lord, I'm willing to compromise with you. <laughs> if you bring me through this, I'm going to I'm going to start the service. And you know, the Lord is I'll tell you, he's amazing. And that's yeah. an understatement. Yeah. For a, a little while, he actually worked with me. And I'm like, okay. And so it was like, okay, so I'm going to go back to church and I'm going to have, because at this time now, I have three daughters and a son at that time. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, Lord, look, okay, I'm, I'm putting them back in church and we're going to church and they're actually in the church and it wasn't the uh, right church for us. So we went, we found another church and, you know, after, you know, my two or three years and we could not find the right spot. And then my children started not believing because of different things uh, with uh, with the church, you know. So I was I was like, I cannot come from up under God's protection. I can't. And so that's where my intimate relationship and God letting me know, look, it's not under your circumstances anymore. It's not under what you want me to do when you want me to do it. This is what I need you to do. And if you want to be healed and whole, this is what you need to do. And so, of course, you know, Heather being that, you know, stubborn, <laughs> rebellious person that she could be, I thought, okay, Lord, you know. But then I started to get sick. It was like, uh-uh. My, my children... They don't have anyone else that, you know, they really can turn to. And I, I got to keep moving. And then their father died. Soon as I started to, excuse me, my other three children, their, their father, my uh, ex-husband, then he passed. Wow. I said, Lord, please, I can't take no more. I can't yeah. take no more. 
and I, that's when he gives you more. You can't you can't say that. I learned that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you know, Lord, look, this is not this is not where I want to be. I'm tired of hurting, and I don't have nobody to turn to. And the Lord will let me know. You don't have anyone that you see, but if you keep looking to me, oh, I'll be he. Oh, and amen, Jesus, hallelujah. I, it, 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 you know, there wow. I can tell you some of the conversations that I, I had with the Lord. You know, and I'm like, Lord, you know, this is enough. Why do you hate me so much that you put me through all of this? Why? Why me, Lord? And I began to listen to him and let he let me know that I have a plan for you. The Amen. plan and your purpose that you thought you had is not what I have for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so it all goes back to me saying, well, you know, Lord, um, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Not, Lord, I want to tell you what I want to do. And you're to customize it around that. No. Mm -mm. Now you're asking. I had to ask him, Lord, what do you want to mean? So you know what that means? That means that you were growing then. You were growing in the in the right direction. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it was like, I will provide all that you need. And I'm saying, okay. Do you realize how heavy my plate is now? Do you realize this? And God is saying, yeah, mm -hmm. are you still here? And I would sit and talk to him just like you and I had talked in China. Yeah. And he would answer me just, I would be at such a rage. And he would answer me so quietly, so peacefully. And one thing that I learned in my uh, training with dementia is that you don't meet that resident where they are. A lot of people think when they're aggressive, you meet them aggressively. Mm. And that training started to come back like, mm -mm. and I had to say, okay. So what I did was I then went into being the world's greatest actress and I would leave out my house and I would be dressed for success and I would make sure to drive something nice and I would come home through the door and, and be just a mess, China, a mess. And the Lord kept working with me. No, it's not about them. It's about you. You don't have to put on an act for nobody. Yeah. I want you the way you are. Come as you are. Yeah. And I started to break in pieces. Wow. Because I was, once again, I was worried about everyone else. Uh, how they looked at me. How things, uh, just the, the whole thing of being a character. Now, while I'm doing this, my children were doing the same thing. Oh. And I didn't realize it. I didn't realize it because I was so comfortable in it. And I would even tell them, what happens behind these doors, that's nobody's business. 
and you go out there and you let them know you tough and you don't show no emotions and you the we're built for this and come home and be a mess you know yeah, yeah. and that's when i just finally i finally said lord i need a place to fellowship i needed to be just as safe as i am with you for me and for my children for them to welcome them they've been hurt i've been hurt i can relate with them and my children they will tell you my mother has no emotions mm. i am very emotional but it was the whole brick wall i had in front of me wow. that i i just didn't want them to know and uh, god started taking them bricks down and as he was removing them bricks i tell you the tears was falling uh i was just more bent over than what i ever thought i could ever be i um, was facing being evicted i was just i it was it was hard and i can always remember people always saying you're not going to make a the right decision until you hit rock bottom oh yeah yeah sad well, but true I, right it is true it is, and it doesn't have to be a uh, something of you know they they normally say that with addictions but that yeah. it, it doesn't always have to be just addictions it can no. be yourself no. yeah life changing you know Yes. And so when I had to lay before the Lord, I mean, I had to lay out for the Lord and I had to ask him for help. And I had to say, Lord, I am truly, I am truly humbling myself to you. Yeah. I can't take it no more, Lord. I need you to take total control. And oh, well, I think that's one of his plans that he wants us to learn humility, right? I think that's one of his plans. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll I tell really you do. something. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Yeah. 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 I right. have literally no one else to turn to. Yeah. Everybody around me who had been such a, um, a, a, a person of high standings and uh, structure, they were all gone. Only people, and, and it's funny because I still had access to me, to people who I felt as though uh, needed me in order for me to feel as though I had a position. Wow. Yeah. And I had to let them go too. Yeah. Because that I, was too much. That's too much. To let them go. So I was, I was, I was by myself. I was abandoned again, you know, in life and. I said, okay, Lord, I need you. I can't do it no other way. And it is amazing how the Lord works. Oh, I know. Because as I begin to submit myself to him on a daily. Yeah. Continuing through the day saying, Lord, I need your strength with any situation that was coming up. Well, I this mean, is what I was about to ask you. How did you fix your issues with depression and suicidal thoughts and addiction how did you how did you get through that it you know uh, uh, china it was all i mean you were going through so much it was all god because i had actually 
before <clears throat> before my ex-husband passed away, I had actually given him four envelopes. And each one of the envelopes had my children's name on it. And I said to him, uh, he didn't know what I was talking about. I said to him, when you receive the call, give these envelopes to the children. And I had actually planned on committing suicide that night. Oh, my goodness. Wow. For whatever reason, I did not wake up to follow through my plan that night. He actually did give the children the envelopes. And the children can remember my middle daughter. She actually read the envelope. Uh, the letter. And she was like, how can you, how can you write such sick stuff like this to us? And, you know, and different things. And I knew that, you know, I couldn't leave her. I couldn't leave them. How selfish that would be. Even with writing a letter of apology. And, you know, I was like, I'm not going to a therapist. I'm not going to go talk to no therapist. And I'm not going on any medication and uh, I'm not going through those things. I just asked the Lord, you know, Lord, lead me, guide me, keep me. Because like I said, that was, I was at rock bottom. I was getting evicted. My car was about to be repoed. <laughs> My son was starting to get in trouble. And I think he had just been put in the juvenile detention center. My granddaughter was just born. It was too much. It was, it was so many different things. But I went to work and I performed like there was nothing going on. And that was the only thing that, that I had. And once, like I said, once I submitted myself to Christ, it was like within days. Yeah. Stuff started happening. Stuff started moving within days. And now at that point, my mother had already been gone almost a year. And we were almost about to come up on the anniversary of her death. Yeah. And I received a letter because of the way that she passed away. Her death had to be investigated. Okay. And so I received all this is going on now. Literally, my car is about to be repoed. I'm facing eviction. I had to go to court for eviction. And then I received this letter from an insurance company. Wow. And it said that the findings, they didn't have any findings and that uh, they were going to pay out on her insurance. <laughs> and I was like, wow, because I didn't know what else there was to do. Right. But I thank God the whole suicide thought never came back. Wow. Okay. What would you tell someone today who's listening, who's feeling suicidal or, you know, very down and out and feel like they can't take anymore. What would you tell them? What I would tell them is one thing is I truly understand and I can relate. And I'm more than empathize at the, in a position that you're in. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I am no better than you are. And God is able to do each thing that you need to take care of, he can do it. What I would suggest to you is that this moment in time is a time for you to stop and ask for God's help. 
for you to submit all to him. Don't look at what happened yesterday. Don't try to plan what tomorrow is going to be. But at this moment in time, for you to go to him and seek him and tell him, Lord, I need you. Don't tell him what you need or what you think you need or how you feel as though this needs to be fixed. You seek him to say, Lord, I need you at this moment in time. Lord, here I am. Just forget about all that has happened and say, Lord, I'm repenting to you. And I'm letting go of each and everything and I'm giving it to you. And I'm subjecting my mind to listen to you. And I guarantee you, he will guide you. He will give you such a peace that you, you, you won't even be able to understand. How am I able to even sit here without fidgeting? Or how am I able to, to have such clear thoughts? Once he gives you that peace, he starts to speak to you through that peace. And he'll tell you, no, don't go that way. Mm -mm, mm -hmm. Don't take that call. And he'll start, things will start to happen all around you that you never expected. That's why I do not put any expectations on it. The only expectation I would tell you to put on it is that you know God is going to come through. Amen. But don't expect, oh, well, maybe this person to pay me back or maybe this, uh-uh, uh-uh. Because you don't know who God is going to use. And one thing you don't want to do is limit God. His resources are not limited. Ours are. Submit to him. Get Just cry to him. Just break mm -hmm. down. Just break down. And talk to him just like you would talk to anybody else. Yep. There's no and, formal yeah, way, right? Yes, yes. There is something that I do even now. Well, I'll touch my ears and I'll say, Lord, fine tune my hearing. Lord, fine tune my vision. Lord, fine tune my mouth. Yeah. Lord, even have my touch to be so sensitive and fine tune unto you. God has given us five senses. And I'll tell you, he knows because he created us. He knows just how to tap in. And we have to fine tune it so that we hear him correctly. So that there's no uh, distortion in the hearing or the vision of him in the speaking. And that's one of the things. Stop speaking. Oh, this is going to happen. You know, I was speaking. Oh, they're going to take my car. Oh, we're going to be homeless. No, uh -uh. Yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. God is the great I am. And I always say that because he is everything that we need. Yeah. When we need anything, he is our provider. He can be that lawyer for you in a courtroom. And I, in, in my experiences, he's been all that. Mm -hmm. He's a financial provider. He has been my true bank and I don't have to worry about me overdrafting with him. 
and, or being charged the extra fee. He has been just that. He has truly been my doctors. He has truly been my therapist. He has been that lawyer for me and going through different situations. He has been my all in all. Yeah. So for anyone, I don't, anyone. I don't care how low it seems. Don't think, oh, there's nobody around me. Yes, there is. He's an on-time God. He is with us. My phone is cut off. I can't call nobody. You don't need a phone to call him. You know, there was a time where I couldn't speak. My voice was gone. But I was able to speak to God. Yeah. So he, he is a true connection. Yeah. And he's there for you. Now, if he can do it for me, he'll do it for you. He'll do it for anybody. But you got to ask. You got to ask, right, Heather? There's a humbleness that, that comes with it, you know. Yeah. And if we have these prides, no, yeah. you don't need all that with God. Nope. He will set you up in such a way that you don't have to go on your pride because he will create in you a new person. That is all. You don't have to rely on what people say pride, but because he has created you, you're good. Yeah, good. You great. You are awesome. Yep. yep. And there I, is no lacking. No. I got a question for you. Now, there's some people out there that have experienced this and... I want you to tell me, you were molested, right? Yes, I was. Okay. At five how, years old. How did you get through that? It's always got to be in your mind, right? Oh, it is. It is always in your mind. And other, you know, the thing that I, I can say affected me the most was that other people in my family knew about it. Okay. And they chose not to do anything or say anything about it. Okay. It, 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 it all goes back to God because I don't know how, and, and I'm being honest with you, I don't know how I made it so long without saying anything. I knew I couldn't tell my mother. My mother, I didn't want her to have to do a jail sentence. And I knew if I would have told her that there would have been a jail sentence. I loved her that much, and I knew she loved me that much, that I did not want to speak of it at all to her. So uh, what, would you, what would you say to somebody who's going through that right now? What would, what would you say to them to give them hope? I would, I would truly... They're in need of hope, right? Yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. Because it is now me at 49 years old. It, it happened when I was five, from the time I was five to about eight years old. Wow. And, you know, that was that was part of other things that were going on and why I rebelled so much trying to hurt others from it. And, you know, and, and some of my actions. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't I, your fault, right? Oh, it wasn't my fault. God no. explained that to you. But I tell you what it did do. It took away a lot of my self-esteem. OK, it, it took away a lot of Heather okay. as the years went on. And what what I've learned with myself is that um, by taking away a lot of my self-esteem, it took a lot of uh, it took away a lot of me not having the power to push through 
other things. I didn't find that I had enough value because that had been done to me. I didn't believe in myself because that had been done to me. So what Uh, changed? What changed was the, the mindset had to change where I then went from being molester to a protector of others. And I say my, my children, but I, cause I never let my girls be around any men. I didn't let them even do sleepovers because I didn't know who was going to be there. Um, made sure their surroundings with me was safe, but I could not control their surroundings around others. So, and even with my son, you know, because we, we know it doesn't have to be females. It could be males. Yeah. Yeah. So I went through, and that was one of the things when I say that I went into character, like it had never happened. Wow. And the day you found God was, was that all over then? Did that give you peace? No, no, actually. um, I know it was facing it. Okay. It was actually facing it. That's what you're telling people who are experiencing that. They had to face it. Uh, You have to face it. Okay. You, and I thank God that I was able to face it with him. He gave me the strength, uh, to face it. Wonderful, uh, practices now have been put in place where you can go and seek help where uh, you don't have to feel like, you know, it is all your fault. So I would tell you that you cannot hide it. No, You can put it into the back of your mind for as long as you think you can. But when life events start to hit you, it, it starts to come out. You start to grieve once again about it. And each time you reopen it, and try to put a bandage over it, it starts to get infected. And so it starts to get worse. Wow. That is just like having an injury, a scrape, and thinking nothing of it, and you just put a band-aid on it, not knowing uh, that you should cleanse it first because you covering it puts it in a dark spot with darkness and heat, which multiplies the germs. Well, I was almost molested, and I say almost because of the type of person I am. My mother said, go with him. I need you to get some milk. He's going to take you to the store. And it was a family member. And I got in the car, and he got in the car, and he put his hand on my leg, and I had a fork. And I pulled that fork out of my pocket. And I put that fork on his leg. And I said, if you ever touch me again, this fork is going to go through your leg first and through your neck last. And guess what? He never, ever tried anything again. So that was my experience with being molested. And I thought, you know what? And this has always been my personality. Fight back. Don't allow it because they don't have the right to touch you if you don't allow it. Okay. But you have men who are, oh, I'll hurt your family. Guess what? I'm going to hurt you if you try to hurt me. So that's my advice to people out there who might be in a situation like that. Stand up, 
fight back. But also, as Heather has said, acknowledge it happened, right? What were you saying about that? That was so powerful. I'm telling you, it was so powerful. And I hope everyone out there is listening to what she said, because that is awesome, awesome advice. Stand up, fight back. And as Heather said, acknowledge that it happened. Don't blame yourself. It's not your fault. It is not your fault. No. Heather, I am so grateful that you came on the show today. Man, you are an incredible woman. You are a sweet, generous as well. <laughs> you are you know, one of a kind. You know, I, I do want to say that even through it all, uh, uh, losing everything and going down, China, I stand as the first woman in my family to own her own home. I wow. stand as a proud mother of uh, four children and a granddaughter who are all going further than where I stopped at. As far as career-wise education and everything, I stand on the word of God. I stand that He, his word is true. That he gives you the abundance. I just, and I want to leave just a scripture, if you don't mind with that. No, I do not. Please. Um, that helps me daily. And it is Joel 2.25. Now, one thing about me and, and my teaching is that you can quote or try to, but I'm going to read it right from the word itself. Okay. Joel 2.25 says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. So what that scripture is telling us that once we give our life to Christ, it don't matter about all that was taken from us, all yeah. that thought we lost, whether it be material things, whether it be people, whatever. Hallelujah. God truly restore us to the state that he wants us to be. And it will not be with the minimum. It will be with the maximum. And he says he will give us the abundance of joy. And when we're in those stagnant places of life where we're just down, we're stagnant. And that means there's no flowing of nothing fresh. So these things are eating us away at our life. But yeah. I God today that I am by the still waters. I am flowing in the freshness of the Lord. I know peace. I know joy. I know happiness. It doesn't mean that, you know, nothing's going to happen in my life or there's right. not going to be other events. But I can stand with the Lord and say, bring it on. Amen. Bring it on. I have value. Yeah. Although what I've been through, the Lord has shined me up that there is no residue. You Amen. Paper, you can read about it, but there was no residue that now I don't look like what I've been through. Yeah. I can show you pictures of me before and I look like I, I look like I was just holding on. But I thank God I am holding on, but I'm holding on his unchangeable hand. Amen. He has the great I am to me. 
So I am so thankful for this time, China. I truly am. And if I encourage, even if there's one person, one could touch a hundred, a hundred men. Yeah. Yeah. But this is what we need, China. These uh, words of wisdom, the inspiration that we give to edify each other. Yes. This is what needed. And I am yes. truly looking forward to what, what is coming up next with us. Yeah. I am truly uh, claiming and I'm receiving. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Oh, man. I am so grateful that you came. And I... I'm just looking forward to our friendship because I know that we're going to have one. And God bless you. God bless you. Well, China, I'm going to say it. I'm waiting for the next because uh, that wasn't, we didn't even touch the bottom bottom. Yeah. Be actually coming back to, this is actually my second life. Wow. Yes. This is my second life. I have. Literally, what people say by the doctors, I have literally died and now alive again. I so died three times. Okay. All right. <laughs> I know All what right. you're saying. Yeah. God, God's not ready for me to leave here yet, apparently. <laughs> I think he wanted me to do this show. <laughs> Amen. Thank you so much, Heather. And I'm going to be texting you. Have a great day. And thank you for coming. And all be blessed. Yeah, same to you. Wow, that was a great show. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Well, this is The Wow Show, and I'm your host, China Myers. Thank you for being here. And I want to say thank you. I was lost and you found me. I was dead inside and you breathed into me. And you brought these bones alive I want to say thank you Thank you for saving me Thank you for loving me unconditionally God You stood with open